I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the UK Film Review Podcast. Uh, today it is uh, me, Robert State, who will be your host, and uh, I'm joined by Jason. Hello. Hi, yeah. Uh, hello to you too, and hello to listeners as well. Mm. Uh, so we will be discussing on the eve of uh, T2, Terminator 2 Judgment Day's 30th anniversary, or actually the 30th, 40th? Sorry, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 30th anniversary. Uh, we will be discussing that film, but mainly we will be talking about the films of uh, James Cameron, uh, one of the most influential and kind of infamous Hollywood movie directors to have ever existed. Certainly one of the most like ambitious and groundbreaking people to have ever like worked in the industry. Um, a guy who has made whole bunch of movies a lot of them uh very iconic a lot of them very influential you know on special effects storytelling and you know like also just famous you know yeah uh so james uh, i mean sorry so jason uh what do you think of uh, james cameron as a director what do you like about him what don't you like about him what do you think of his films overall you know what what are your opinions well, I, I love his films. I think he is a godfather of action films. I grew up watching his awesome films that we're going, awesome films that we are going to be discussing today: Aliens, Terminator, Terminator Two, True Lies, and of course Titanic and Avatar. So he does. You know, he has, he makes expensive films with great special effects. That's what he does. Yep, he always pushes pushes the barriers, doesn't he? In terms of special effects and budget too. And he does a fantastic job at it. He make he has he has made some unforgettable films. Yeah, I agree. I I, I would say that. I mean, I think like I've been more in tune with like some of the, some of the uh, discourse surrounding his films, but you know, I also have that like kind of nostalgic attachment mm. to a few of his films, like like particularly Terminator and Aliens. You know, I think those mm. two were like. I, I think they're probably the go-to movies that a lot of people have grown up on. But, you know, people have grown up on stuff like Titanic as well. And, you know, mm. even this new generation, uh, Avatar as well. Um, I think that, like, for the most part, all of his films, like, like none of them are bad or anything. I mean, we are only discussing Terminator to Avatar. Uh, I don't think he considers Piranha 2 to be like one of his movies anyway so you know i'm mm-hmm. kind of um i feel good in like leaving now but if we just leave that one out and we look at his run of films that's a very very impressive run and there's not really a weak link or at least not a bad link among them and i think that's partially because um he doesn't actually make a lot of movies he more just spends a lot of time prepping for one film has uh 
ambitious but very very troubled production and then at the end manages to kind of get it all to function together in the editing room release it and then have a big success you know box office wise and like you know box office that's another thing as well like he's made two of the most two of like the top highest grossing films of all time and that it's kind of made him popular with audiences and for me personally like I think that although his movies definitely do have that blockbuster element, there is that distinctive quality that separates them from other films. And that's something that I quite like about them is that they all have like a very unique identity, even among his own movies. Like he has dabbled for the most part in one genre of film, the sci-fi genre, aside from two examples, True Lies and Titanic. But they they all feel like a different kind of sci-fi, if you know what I mean. Yeah, kind of. It's a the, the James Cameron sci-fi, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He makes he makes his own films. Yeah, definitely. But like, I, what I'm kind of saying is that like each of them kind of um, they, like they contain similar like you know elements of like you know a company that is like kind of messing with stuff that they shouldn't be messing with. Um, uh, this this kind of militarized element that you see in like you know Terminator and Aliens and you know and Avatar as well. But kind of each of them still contain a sort of different style, you know, and I think that like that shows like credibility towards Cameron's own versatility as a director. That he does he does have an underrated sense of versatility about him. Um, what what would you say among his films is the one that you? Uh, like the most like what 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 is your favorite of his films my favorite james cameron film is definitely terminator 2 judgment day i cannot possibly tell you how many times i've seen that film i just i just love it you know i think it is the best action film ever and it's you know it's groundbreaking with the special effects particularly for the t-1000 character you know that's unfortunate that's unforgettable and even now 30 years later the special effects in that film are still unsurpassed in my opinion, and Jackson sequences are just just terrific. You know, James Cameron really works his magic in that film. Mm, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that T two is probably my favorite as well, and I think yeah. part of the reason why is because um, it's such a great evolution from the first movie, and it kind of, in my opinion, it does substantially improve upon that first film. I think that the Terminator is great. I think that it's a really solid film. I think that it has um, a great sense of pace to it it's a lot leaner than his other movies and that kind of works mm. to his advantage. It's a lot simpler as well. Um, it's not really dealing with the kind of complicated mythology that the later sequels would have to kind of like tackle for the most part. It is, although there's the time travel element, it does just have a very simple like chase plot line. And um, I think the the low budget is also something that Cameron works around quite a lot. Like he directs that film very, very well. He gives it the sense of like, yeah, he gives it, he gives it the sense of like kind of grit and like violence as well that makes it stand out from the other films and also feel a lot more like basically a, a slasher film in disguise. A slasher film. Yeah, because when you think about it, you know the Terminator is kind of like a he's he's basically a I mean he has one target. Don't get me wrong, but he just kills anybody who is in his way. You know, and he does it with this kind of calm, totally focused precision that makes him not unlike, you know, a Michael Myers type figure who will, you know, just kill anybody that is in his way. Mm-hmm. You know, the difference is, is that, again, he does have one specific target. And I think that um, what's great about that film is that it kind of, it, it really does nail the menacing idea of a robot that will just go after you and kill you and it won't stop until you are killed yeah absolutely especially if you have the t-1000 that's rather terrifying that one's indestructible and i think t-1000 is arguably robert patrick's best role if you ask me it's his most famous role and he and he yeah. pulls it off perfectly he's totally convincing as a cyborg yeah and, and so is schwarzenegger, and so is schwarzenegger of course yeah 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 definitely i mean yeah and and like in terms of that like kind of difference between like when you bring out both these actors the difference between first terminator and the second one is that in the second one um the c1000 what kind of makes him arguably a scarier villain than uh the t800 in the first one 
is that he does ha- he can just blend in with society very very easily you know the thing about arnold schwarzenegger is that like his size the way he is as a person he's the kind of person that just kind of sticks out whereas robert patrick in that film looks like a cop you know he can he, he doesn't look at all out of place when he's dressed as a cop because that's just what he looks like you know he kind of has that um ability to like you know put on the air of being a regular person when in reality he is like the t-800 in the first one a cyborg with just the mission to kill an individual you know and um that i feel is it's one of the things that makes it better than the first and the other thing that makes it better than the the first is also the kind of um the center the the dramatic weight of that film compared to the first as well yeah, I think the first one was quite dramatic too. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, yeah, yeah. No, especially uh, with a with a character of of Michael Bean, I'd say, as a soldier who has seen a lot of horror through war and is is there to protect Sarah and the relationship that they develop between them. I think the first one's pretty heavy in emotions too, but I think the second one, as you say, is heavier. Yes, especially when the sorry, I was going to yeah, 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 say. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was, I, I was trying to get a, I was going to say a spoiler, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, especially with a bond that develops between the Terminator and John Connor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and yes. you know, like, obviously the fact that, um, again, I think we've given a spoiler warning, and it's, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty famous sequence at the end of it anyway, when uh, the, uh, the uh, T-800 that was, you know, sent to protect John Connor when he has to um, lower himself into the lava and ultimately sacrifice himself, and yeah, that's that, that that's that's a pretty like gut wrenching scene. It's a very powerful, and I think what's brilliant about it, and what Cameron kind of said, was like his whole drive to make the sequel. Or at least I think this was his drive to make the sequel. His entire drive was to get the thing that you were scared of in the first one to make you now by the end of this one cry over it or cry or cry for it, you know. And he kind of said that that would be like an accomplishment to get you to cry over the thing that was terrifying in the first one and having it also be Arnold in that role playing that same character just exemplifies that, you know, it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that alone kind of makes it an accomplishment in his eyes, but in the eyes of, you know, as yeah, as an action film, Terminator 2 is almost unmatched. Um, I don't think that there's any sci-fi action film that has really like kind of been as like not only, heavy in action but also heavy in like emotional weight and power as that film you know yeah yes i agree with that i i I actually cried when the terminator died (laughs) without going slowly down into the lava and that music i was a little i was i was younger of course and so i don't cry now honestly but then i did (laughs) and it just was sad you know he he tried so much to protect him to protect it he protected sean connor i know he destroyed the t-1000 and now he has to sacrifice himself for the good of humanity but however we get a third one where that doesn't matter actually and that that's a bit annoying so yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i do think that the double feature of terminator and terminator 2 is a lot better when you take this um the sequels out of it but you know absolutely but but, but even then it's like even with them it's sort of like well you know it's still still a powerful sequence and you know i think that um and uh what i especially like about that film as well is that um it kind of does explore the emotional complexity of like the terminator and john connor and sarah connor especially mm-hmm. and even like miles dyson who is the one who invented like what would later become skynet you know mm-hmm. we're seeing like this guy who is um you know just a regular guy a regular family man and you know a guy who is like mm-hmm. so like you know i want to invent this mm-hmm. like you know computer system i'm so mm-hmm. i'm so confident about it and then hearing that it would lead to the basically the end of the world, you know, it's kind of like, and it, it sets him on this path of like, like I have to disregard this because I care more about humanity than my own work, you know? And the film definitely does have that sense of like, that it's sort of a tale of not only redemption, but also of sacrifice and of um, learning to be a good person, which I think is what everybody goes through. And even John Connor as sure of himself as he is, he still like does make that transition to become a more selfless heroic figure throughout the film mm-hmm. in, in some ways becoming the kind of person that like 
Kai Reese talks about, you know. But as good as that one is, um, I think the equally impressive is uh, Aliens as well. And I think actually in some ways that's a bit more impressive because that was him making a sequel to not even something that he had anything to do with in the first place, you know. Um, when you look like, what, what, what would you say about Aliens in comparison to Alien? Well, the 1979 Alien is the first one. It's actually cons- considered to be a horror film. Well, the second a horror science fiction film, to be exact, and the Aliens, the one that James Cameron made in 1986, is considered to be an action action science fiction film. And he, and again, and again, James Cameron, he just creates fantastic action scenes. I know he did creates great as- great atmosphere, and he made a made a classic. Yeah, I agree on Aliens. Yeah. Like, the way I feel about that film is that um, I do prefer Alien, just because I think that that film is kind of, um, it makes the Xenomorph to be a lot more of a threat than it is in Aliens, because in Aliens they go for more like the uh, wave of, like, aliens that keep on attacking them and they keep on shooting them and stuff, and that kind of, and that does make the alien a bit less threatening, because, you know, one alien in that first film was able to kill off almost the entire crew just single-handedly. And that, uh, and that is a more threatening thing than in this one. But at the same time, whilst Cameron does take it in a bit more of an action heavy direction, he also doesn't forget the horror roots entirely. And he also manages to like continue the story very solidly as well. Like, he basically takes the Ripley character, who in the first one was kind of uh, the secret protagonist of that film. You know, the final girl, the character who wasn't the protagonist at the beginning, but then became the protagonist at the end. In this one, she's the protagonist all throughout, and uses that as an opportunity to um, kind of give her a similar, like, uh, like, do a similar thing to what you did with, like, Sarah Connor in Terminator 2, which is, you know, make them a lot tougher but this one also kind of gives her that like relationship with gives Ripley that relationship with like Newt as well, which kind of is like super important to the film's heart and also to its kind of themes of motherhood, which you see kind of contrast in both her and the Ripley and the queen as well, the alien queen. Yeah. We have the alien queen too, who is quite rather a new character and rather unforgettable. We have the fantastic fantastic battle at the end with her between her and Ripley and yes I agree uh, generally uh, Sigourney Weaver's character she in the second one she she is tougher many of James Cameron films tend to have a strong female lead in them and Sigourney Weaver does that very well and she was nominated for an Oscar too yeah yeah which is unique among the field of uh, sci-fi and horror you know but that's but, but, no, but no she definitely deserved it she did a great job in that film and um and, and and yeah, that and that is the thing that like upon watching some of his films, I've certainly noticed that. And they do, and like he doesn't forget to also kind of give them dimension as well to make them not necessarily like stereotypes, but to kind of give them well-rounded personalities and interesting kind of conflicts that they deal with. And um, in the case of Aliens, we see a continuation of like why Ripley was kind of the standout figure of alien because she was kind of the smartest character of that film. And we see her also being very, very intelligent at being all like, no, no, no we have to kill the alien menace. Mm. And kind of knowing as well that Burke, the guy who was um, uh, part of Wayland Jutani was kind of up to no good. Like she knows it even before she finds it out for sure. And the film also kind of contrasts her, with the like more male dominated group of colonial marines as well that are kind of sent in to take care of this alien threat but end up kind of largely dying you know yeah they they end up uh, getting killed themselves actually and she's the one who manages to survive and she saves the lives of of newt and the other soldier and the the android as well she's the one who saves them Uh, yeah uh uh-huh yeah uh, Hicks is uh, the only one of the Marines to survive. Uh, Bishop, the android, he survives. Yeah, uh, Bishop, he survives as well. And Newt survives, and they're, and they're all like there at the end. But, you know, other than that, yeah, ev- pr- pretty much everybody else dies. Everybody who wasn't on the space station that didn't even go on the mission. Um, and, uh, yeah, what I, but what I enjoy 
the most about aliens is that like logically speaking as much as it is kind of pointed out to be an action film there isn't actually an action scene in it until the 70 minute mark and that is the, and this is me watching the uh special edition the one that's extended mm. so this might be true to the theatrical version but in the special edition it's like the first action scene happens specifically 70 minutes in when they encounter those cocooned people and then the aliens ambush them there's that and then from that point onwards although there is certainly downtime it's largely just action 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 but it's done so well that you never really get tired of it no that's that, uh, that's when james cameron works his magic you know he knows how to create tension and he knows how to make keep keep the viewer engaged i think when it comes to action never lets down on that department i don't think no i don't think he does it no 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 i don't think there's a single bad action scene as in his entire uh career you know i think mm. um i think if he does have a, have a bit of an issue sometimes is that because he is so ambitious he does make certain films appears maybe a bit longer than they need to be like certain ones of his films are pretty long and there are some where i am sort of like yeah, this could have ended like 10 20 minutes earlier or something like that like um specifically mm. if we're talking about action one that is like a lot more purely about the action is true lies which you know does does kind of suffer at the end because it does kind of end and then we have the bit where um uh, harry's daughter gets kidnapped and stuff by those te- the terrorist villains and then we kind of get this like very ex- kind of extended epilogue and then the movie ends but you know and that, so that film does kind of have a few issues in regards to like pacing at the end, but regardless of it, I still think that that movie does like like does work as a kind of action romance comedy. Yeah, well, I love I love True Lies. You know, you have Schwarzenegger fighting terrorists. What's not to love about that? He rides mm-hmm. a horse. He mm-hmm. he attends a he attends a party at the beginning. He flies a military aircraft. Oh, it's a lot of action there. But as you said. The only part that kind of lets me down a bit is the part with the subplot with Jamie Lee Curtis' character, who is seeing that man behind uh, Harry's back. She plays his wife, sorry, and he's seeing that other guy behind his back. But she isn't having an affair; she just wants an adventure. She's, because he thinks that, that that guy, that loser, played by Bill Paxton, is a spy. And I just, I just, uh, and during that whole sequence, they just move away, move away of the action. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying we just move a bit from the action, but but apart from that, I think it's a, it's a fantastic film. Um, so yeah, I, I I do think that like uh, like on the one hand, that entire plotline does add a bit of um, complexity to the movie because it's no longer just a movie about um, you know Schwarzenegger versus terrorists. It's a film about you know him having to deal with like a wife that is kind of slowly coming out of his you know they slowly like moving away from him and also you know having to deal with this like you know. A sleazy side guy who yeah is played by bill paxton and who who does an excellent job in that movie he absolutely he steals every scene that he's in um he steals every scene that he's ever in in any cameron film but in that film in particular he's so entertaining and but uh, but yeah but at the same time though i do feel like that subplot of the film is probably the part of the movie that um i don't think has aged particularly well like i do feel like that's one where i feel maybe cameron started to lose the kind of strong gender politics and kind of move into this sort of like kind of male fantasy about a man turning his wife into what he wants him her to be and on some level that is partially something that um yeah jamie lee curtis her character that's something that she does kind of want but there you always get the nagging feeling that it's more something that harry is kind of making her do you know i feel like that stuff in the film it does give it this sort of air of like you know it's a husband turning his wife into what he wants her to be and you know i do think that some of like harry's behavior hasn't really aged that well either but you know but like even aside from that i mean uh, jamie lee Hurts does do a really good job in the film and that sub that plot line does have a really nice good ending i feel yeah well that yeah that plot line is about it that plot line is mostly about uh Jamie Lee Curtis character. It's about it develops. It looks into her character more. She has the opportunity to explain that she wants more out of life. She wants an adventure. Mm-hmm. She wants and to. She does get it at the end. And she does, She certainly does. Yes, fighting the terrorists. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, and it's it's unique as well among Cameron's career because it's definitely, it's not an unambitious film, but it's probably the one that isn't trying to, like, you know, push any kind of, like, technology or do any sort of, like, new filming style. You know, it's kind of, it is just, like, an action comedy and also kind of his take on, like, a James Bond film as well, just with, you know, big, bulky Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Um, and he does, like that kind of he he does a kind of cool take on that formula um he doesn't make it feel too derivative and he does make it fun and that's probably the most important thing yeah it certainly is a very fun film you know it is quite quite funny with bill paxton is very amusing in it and so is jamie lee curtis yes he has many 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 funny bits in it it's not a film to be taken seriously i don't think just a two and two hours and ten minutes of fun (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and but like, and and you know, you compare that to a couple of his other films, like for example, um, The Abyss, which um, it, it kind of flies under the radar for a lot of people, and I think that's partially because, um, it kind of it doesn't like obviously it's one of his ones that isn't like part of an existing series or attached to something, some sort of like historical drama or whatever, as as and becomes famous. Which is interesting because it did seem to, I don't know if it started or if it um, just was a furthering of his obsession with like, you know, deep sea ocean exploration. Um, And I think that that works to the Abyss's advantage. I think think it's probably his most underrated. Yes, uh, honestly, I don't don't really like the Abyss. I'm not saying it's a bad film, but just I don't really like this. It just, no, the pace was too slow for me, I think. I just didn't find it that interesting. I think oh. that the effects were groundbreaking for its time of the aliens, though. That, that's for sure. But I just the plot doesn't interest me much. How about yourself? Did you like it? Yeah, no, no, no. I really liked it. Um, and you know, I found it. I, I, I found it engaging. It didn't necessarily get off to the best start. Um, but once it kind of got going and got into the thick of it, I found it to be a very intense survival film. Um, I thought it had like two very strong like lead characters, uh, the husband and wife duo um and i thought that like once it kind of got to the aliens and what they were all about i found that to be very very like thought thought provoking and kind of and a bit emotional as well you know it kind of it did have this sort of optimistic sense of like all right humanity won't destroy itself and maybe these aliens will kind of live peacefully among us you know but i do feel like um the film like it does have again it doesn't get off to the best star and it isn't necessarily it's not hugely original it does sort of feel almost like cameron basically doing alien um it almost feel like feels like his take on alien only it's um underwater instead of in space and also there's not really like the the, the alien the, the the aliens in those in that film isn't really a threat or anything it's more the situation of them being trapped underwater and also Michael Biehn as well. He kind of, he goes crazy and he becomes a bit of a threat. Uh, but, you know, it is true to say that that film, you know, it is evocative of that and it does have some cliches in it, but I think it still works very well. Yes, it is a very well-made film. You know, I'm James Cameron's put a lot of effort and passion into it, I'm sure. But just, just me personally, I don't, it doesn't say much to me. The effects are fantastic, as they usually are with a James Cameron film, but... I'm just not the story that doesn't appeal to me very much. Yeah, I can see that. Um, you know, and I think that uh, out of all of his films, you know, it's also I think it's probably the one that had like the most problems on set, uh, just because they were like you know for real shooting it underwater, and that led to a whole host of problems. So in some respects, that film turning out even remotely watchable was kind of an accomplishment in and of itself. You know. Um, I mean, I did watch the director's cut, which, you know, does sound a lot better than the theatrical version, but even, even regardless of that, that film turning out even coherent and understandable is an accomplishment given the problems that they had on the set, you know, and, uh, you know, but that, and, and that does, and that is the thing that like, on the one hand I respect, but on the other hand, I don't really like, on the one hand, I do, again, I do respect that Cameron can certainly like, um, save a lot of these films from becoming disasters but on the other hand I do feel like some of those problems to begin with were maybe caused by his attitude 
he does have a reputation for being a bit for what well, being for being well rather difficult to work with. Apparently, he has a bad temper. You know, he strives mm-hmm. for perfection, and sometimes uh, his temper back gets the best of him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, on the one hand, that is kind of more in the past because I don't think there 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 weren't really any problems on like Avatar. I don't think. Um, but you know, but yeah, on his past films, yeah, that was absolutely like that could have been partially why those productions were hard but there were other outside issues as well that probably didn't help but you know i think that speaks to a a person when they can like just keep their cool during a situation and not like you know switch to this mode of like you know being a dictator and being all like tyrannical and ordering stuff and you know being kind of abrasive and you know but i think that at the same time though the fact that he still had a lot of collaborators does speak to the fact that like although some people said that they didn't want to work with him again a lot of people did want to work with him you know after he like after already hard productions you know and i think that the collaborations that he had that he has had with certain actors has been very beneficial because it's given them a lot of material a lot of great material and a lot of like room Mm. to kind of um show their talent as well yeah of course Uh, i mean for example, Bill Paxton has worked for them three times, hasn't he? he worked with Tem- Terminator, True Lies, and Titanic. Yeah, and he, and he yeah, does a great job in all of them. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Sorry, yeah, you were saying? Yeah, no, no. I, I was just going to say, I think he, he was also an aliens as well. Uh, of course he was, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and then it's, and it, who else has worked with him for a long time? Many times, Schwarzenegger, of course. I mean, Terminator is a film that I'd say made Schwarzenegger. It made Schwarzenegger the Terminator, and you can't think of Terminator without Schwarzenegger, right? No, absolutely no. not. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. He, he, he kind of he brought the best of um, him as an actor. You know, he kind of like on the one hand, he kind of played. He didn't like immediately give him a challenging role because he told him to just play a robot in the two films where he did play a Terminator. But when you actually look at it, he's playing, not only is he playing two different kinds of robots, but he also, in some ways, by limiting it, by saying, like, you're playing an emotionless robot, that co- that had to, that, that caused him to have to, like, bring more to the role to make that compelling on its own. Like, in the first Terminator film, he had to be menacing. And in the second one, he had to be uh, kind of awkward, but genuinely good-natured and even a kind of father figure to the young John Connor. And I think that, I think that that does like speak to like his genuine like talents as an actor. And also the James Cameron was able to get that out of him. And, you know, so yeah, yeah. He's worked with both of those two. He's also worked with Michael Bean as well, multiple films. Um, and uh, what else? Even from like, even a couple of his films, like did reuse actors like Sigourney Weaver was in Aliens, but she was also in Avatar as well. Yeah, that was a long time between Aliens 86 and Avatar in 2009. So she obviously enjoyed working with Cameron then. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it kind of, um, it also is an example of, um, you know, of, of, of like him being able to like get the best out of many actors that he does work with. Um, like to get, again, to give you an example, to go back to like Bill Paxton, like he's, yeah, yeah, he's great in True Lies, but I think he's great in pretty much any of the roles, like in uh, Aliens as well. He's playing Hudson, a character who could have been really obnoxious, but he ends up being really hilarious in that film and providing basically the main source of comic relief. And if you look at him in Titanic, it's a bit of a smaller role, but I think he nails that role as well. 
Yeah, and the Tanaki plays kind of a different guy, doesn't he? Plays, he's uh, more, but down to earth, I'd say, more. He's calmer and he's a nicer guy, I'd say. While in Aliens, he's a bit aggressive, isn't he? A bit crazy, <laughs> mm-hmm. if I could say so. Yeah, so so like he was, yeah, yeah. In, in in Titanic, well, in Titanic, he kind of starts out as like being kind of a treasure hunter and maybe a thrill seeker and maybe he's after money and maybe and maybe that's the main thing he cares about. But by the end of it, you can kind of tell that that attitude has changed. You know, and at the end of it, he's kind of just sort of like, I don't, you know, like I didn't even realize how big of a tragedy that was, you know, the the sinking of the Titanic. And in some ways, I think it's very, um, it's kind of almost poetic that that was his last collaboration with, with Cameron before his death. Yeah, but for, for him to be playing like a character that kind of goes through that like change in realization and also that he was kind of, it almost feels like he was kind of playing a representation of Cameron himself, you know, especially because it opens with like, you know, him again doing this underseas exploration you know it's kind of like he's he's kind of um almost in that same field as like a movie director of like oh i'm in this environment oh i want to i want to find out stories oh i want to kind of um you know make money off of this or i want to find this like valuable thing you know and stuff like that you know it's kind of like he yeah but then by the end of it he kind of realizes like yeah there were a lot of lives lost in this situation yeah he he goes through a character development he changes he becomes a different man a better man a more understanding man more caring yes i guess it was a good way to end his career with james cameron as you said mm-hmm. yeah 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 and kind of and also ironic for michael bean as well that like um the first time he collaborated with cameron he was playing kyra reese who was kind of wrongfully deemed to be crazy and then when he came back in the abyss, and that was that that, that was his last collaboration with him, I think. Well, unless you count like the scenes in Terminator Two where he's reprising his role as Carl Reese. But if you if you're just thinking original roles, the last time he appeared in a Cameron film was in the Abyss, where he actually was a guy who went totally nuts, you know, and became kind of a threat, you know, to the other crew members and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, there is certainly that element. Um, I think that yeah, let's, I, I actually know what. Let's uh, speaking of Titanic, let's move on to that. What do you think of Titanic? Yes, I went to see it at the cinema, and as I admit I was blown away by the effects, you know, by the the ship coming apart. I think that's a film highlight, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a ship, you know, sinking and coming apart. That's when James Cameron shows what he, shows us what he can do, and it is terrific. I mean, I, I don't think much about the love story of between love story between DiCaprio and Winslet, but due to the special effects, I mean, that's that's why I think it's that's what made it a great film of the effects not so much of the story i'd say but the effects are fantastic and i believe deserve the oscars and the oscars it's won yeah definitely and um i so i i kind of agree on that sense i mean in in that sense um i do think that cameron's films because he does typically go for the big effects that like sometimes some of them like you look at them by today's standards and they don't really hold up um Mm. But typically, that's just relegated to like select few shots and not the entire film. Typically, the entire movie looks really good. It's just those little moments where you can be like, okay, that sort of looks a bit fake. Um, but yeah, but largely, I mean, it's interesting as well. So you said that you saw Titanic at the cinema. Uh, would you like, did you kind of um, buy into the sort of like big hype that that film attained and acclaim followed by backlash? Uh, then followed by maybe reappraisal and stuff. Did, like, was that was that a process that you were ever a part of, or not really? Uh, when I saw it, I was think I was about thirteen, and I think the, the part when you know was uh, the disaster that happens in it and everything when the ship is destroyed. That is, that is just fantastic. And of course, when and following uh, Jack's and Rose's adventures in the ship, they were all very well made, and I think it's a very you know I think it's. I think James Cameron does a fantastic job as director in that film. Shows shows the the ship coming being destroyed very realistically, and it kind of, it kind of brings you as a viewer into the action, doesn't it? The way he does it, especially when the ship you know goes up. Yeah, definitely. And um, it, but 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 what, what I'm just saying is like, uh, did you sort of like like when you left that film, and you probably and you left liking it? Did did you also kind of understand why maybe there was a bit of a backlash against it or do you think that that was kind of a bit unfair and maybe unjustified well the film has great special effects and the costumes look good but i just think that's uh you know the the romance part of it is maybe not that original let's say maybe not very interesting okay but right. some, yeah yeah because that's what some people said about it they were just sort of like oh man you know it's a it's a movie about titanic and you're, you're making it a love story you know and that was what some people didn't like and 
um on the one hand upon like upon watching it today it's like yeah it is true to say that there is both a love story going on and also the real history of the sinking of the titanic and you can say that the love story takes more precedent over the event that the film is still like shaped around but i feel like the film does a good job of blending both of them together um i think it it, it, it is a very, very, I feel, a very touching romance. And I think that um, the relationship, the way it's written, does work very well. And it is very, very uh, tear-jerking, I think. I think the, the film does hit on an emotional level. And I think that the romance also provided a bit of a gateway for Cameron to be able to talk about the lives lost on that disaster and also to um, kind of express the emotions of that event you know like i don't think that he was necessarily disregarding history i think he was more just like telling a story and also telling history at the same time i mean really if you think about it like that film doesn't get made and you know titanic might have just been utterly forgotten about you know like that historical event might have just kind of faded away and nobody would have really known about it except well well not nobody would have known about it but a lot less people would have known about it than if there were a film made about it the one best picture was the highest grossing movie of all time at that point and did contain a you know like very heightened love story at its core um and also starred you know leonardo DiCaprio at the height of his like kind of teen popularity and you know kate winslet that being a role that kind of catapulted her into stardom as well i think all that stuff together did create a level of attention that you know did cause it to get a lot of backlash and you know i can certainly see why someone would walk away from it and maybe be unsatisfied or maybe not even like it but for me personally like i think it's a really good movie and um i do agree with you that the film is especially great during the titanic sinking sequence Mm. you know during that part of the film because it is really well directed it's really intense it's really um it is like the effects are mostly practical and they're done really well the water the way it just kind of emphasizes the whole danger of drowning it's just sort of like it's really powerful i feel yeah it is and to think that that film cost ended up costing 200 million to make and million dollars to make and his original budget budget was apparently 80 million dollars so yeah during shooting it since changed since changed a lot probably because maybe because of cameron but when you see the film, you can see where those $200 million went. You know, it looks fantastic. There's no doubt about that. James Cameron knows how to how to use the money. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as long as he, like, waits between movies, for the most part, the wait is typically worth it, you know, because he does mm-hmm. make movies that are long and epic and, yeah, expensive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do feel like the films that he does do, um, there is also this kind of assertion that typically they're just made um, mm-hmm. to, you know like further like what you can do with like special effects but i do feel like all of them do have a story underneath it you know even like avatar his the one that used that affects the most you know to create this world of pandora and these navi people um that film does still have a story to it you know that film isn't just a tech demo it does it has a plot it has characters it does have themes and you know uh it did provide a great cinematic experience and um even afterwards i do feel like it's a bit unfair that some people have tried to argue that it doesn't have a lot of value just because it didn't have a lot of cultural impact you know Uh, i feel like regardless of whether a movie does or does not have cultural impact if it's good then i feel like that's its own reward you know i mean what do you think of avatar yeah avatar well i saw the cinema no, I, I like I like Avatar. I wouldn't say that I'm that was overblown by it. The effects look good, uh, but I think the story was, the script was maybe a bit weak. I mean, I, I kind of knew that the guy was gonna go, that the main character was gonna end up joining them. The guy was a, was in a wheelchair. It's gonna end up joining them. I kind of predicted that. I mean, yes, yeah. there's some great action scenes and uh, <clears throat> what he calls those characters, those blue ones. Oh, the Nafi. The Nafi. Yeah. Well, thank you. They look, the the, the rows are interesting creation but yes yes great action scenes again but maybe maybe the story could have been better i think yeah uh, well i mean yeah I, I i mean i can sort of see that but you know but i i don't know for me personally i mean i haven't 
uh, I've started rewatching it and I haven't I haven't gotten to the end of it or anything like that but I mean even knowing how it's gonna end I'm still fairly invested in it I'm still fairly I'm invested in the story of Jake Sully and I'm kind of um looking forward to the moment where he will kind of turn heel and end up going mm. against like the people who employed him to you know infiltrate this like alien planet you know mm-hmm. and I think that uh Cameron also like yeah sure he can you can definitely be kind of a bleeding heart filmmaker his heart like mm-hmm. the emotional core of his films are typically always very obvious but I also do feel like it's a bit unfair that sometimes they get sort of deemed to be cheesy you know because mm. like like you know some people are like oh you know the the thumbs up scene in T2 is cheesy or I don't know there's stuff in Titanic that you could deem to be kind of cheesy but for me I don't think there's anything wrong with a filmmaker that kind of puts his wears his heart on his sleeve and really wants to clearly invest the audience in um the kind of like what the characters are going through and what's happening in the story yeah to James it does make some cheesy sense that Cameron admits that but but overall uh, he what he does best I think is action is action you know he does create yeah, interesting does. characters and he creates drama but I think that's what his best part but what is better at doing is action creating creating very enjoyable and unforgettable action scenes yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah well I agree um, I don't necessarily think that his movies are like just valuable just for that reason alone but that is a large part of why they work very well and are very very entertaining um i do think that uh his movies although they kind of all contain action as a part of their narrative do typically send their characters on journeys that then end up basically changing them as a person you know each of his protagonists end that movie differently to how they start out and that i think is a major benefit because it shows that he's not content to just make a very cookie cutter narrative he's content to or he wants to uh do something that will bring the audience on a kind of beginning to end journey as as i've said many times before yes he does yes uh, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. He does he does create good character development. You know, many characters they go on a journey, as you said, and they they become different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you can see that with like you know Sarah Connor, who kind of starts mm-hmm. out as just a regular person in the first Terminator, and kind of ends yeah. as this like world weary figure who kind of knows the future and is maybe dreading it, but seems to be going into it like ready for whatever is going to come you know and then and then we see your arc in t2 which is starting out as this kind of woman who's been deemed insane and is kind of losing her mind but is yeah like you know still definitely wants to like do the right thing and commit a heroic act but she ends up like you know doing some bad things as a result like you know like probably like i don't know my, my, my second favorite scene in that film is the bit where she's attempting to assassinate miles dyson and you know she kind of basically become almost becomes a terminator herself you know um there's something separating her from like the c1000 but that sequence is so powerful because it's her almost crossing a line that only a t- like an emotionless killing machine would cross if you know what i mean yes but she manages to remain human and she, she doesn't execute him Mm-hmm. yeah definitely not as soon as she realizes that like he basically doesn't know why the hell he's tr- she's trying to kill him mm. uh she just kind of has that break she just breaks down and you know i think i think i think linda hamilton does she does a great job in the first one but in the second one she does you know it's one of it's probably one of the best um performances in cinematic history i feel it's one it's it's a very it's a powerful performance and um, you know, young Edward Furlong does really well in that movie too, as well. He um, he kind of captures both that like kind of uh, childhood sass, but also that sort of genuine goodness that again would make him perfect to become John Connor in the future. And um, even the uh, what is it like? Even the um, sorry, I've lost my train of thought. Are you, are you pick up? Uh, Edward Furlong. Yeah, he too goes through quite. Co- quite a bit of character development i'd say first he's just mm-hmm. a boy right he wants to ride this motorcycle and then by the end he's a uh, well he knows <clears throat> he 
he has to grow up fast, I'd say. And mm-hmm. has to has to learn to say uh, what he learns what loss is. And yeah, he has to you know has to learn how to survive because of the T one thousand being after him. He knows that he's a very important person because he's gonna be the leader one day mm-hmm. maybe. Because apparently because it destroys Skynet, don't it? So maybe the future has been changed. But apparently it hasn't, according to the sequels. Yeah, well the alternate ending of uh, Terminator 2 shows that they did succeed and that like um mm. it, like they got past judgment day just fine uh mm. but you know the way that the film officially ends is it's pretty ambiguous but you know it's it's definitely it's it's heavily implying that like they have actually finally changed the timeline and actually mm. averted what's going to happen which you know like you could say break gets in the way of like certain rules of time travel but at the same time, I don't think that that's that big of an issue, you know, because I think it creates a more satisfying ending that does have an element of ambiguity, but, you know, still works ultimately. Um, yeah, I think the Terminator 2 holds up massively well. And um, as for his films in general, I mean, I think that um, what I like about all of them is that they do have this, like, kind of, um, going back to the whole emotional aspect, they do have this very, like, kind of humanistic center to them. Like, they... Mm-hmm can be cynical at times but they do all kind of ultimately have this sort of hopeful message about humanity you know and that's something that kind of sets them apart from like other sci-fi directors or other just directors in general who are more content with showing the worst side of humanity purely and punching in the message that like we're all monsters you know and Cameron I don't think like has that philosophy I think he has that philosophy of no, human beings can be good, you know? I mean, what do you think about that subtext? Yeah, yes. Yes, I agree with you. He shows that with a character of Ripley. You know, with a good person who wants to destroy the aliens. And she doesn't want anybody getting hurt. And we also see the same thing with the heroes of Avatar, too. And and with and of course, with a character of the Terminator in Terminator 2. Because he's a bad guy, now he's a good guy. And he doesn't terminate anybody. He learns the values of life. He learns that humanity is good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 it does. I mean, like, yeah, sure, he is obviously sent in the first place to, like, protect John Connors, but mm. even then, it's like, he does still go on this. Like, he has that um, line that, you know, like, that really got me uh, at the end of the film where he says, like, I now know why you cry, but that's something I can never do. You know, like, like, like that scene alone gets me, you know. Well, that line alone just gets me. Even out of context, it just gets me. And, you know, because it does provide the thing of, like, yeah, even if a robot can't, like, have the same emotions that a human can do, they can still understand humans, you know, they can still understand it on a level, on a, like, not even a logical level, just on an emotional level, you know, and that, I think, is great, and I think that um, his stories also do typically have this kind of notion of, like, you know, like, humanity banding together and maybe fighting against this threat that is threatening them but also you know threatening others as well you know like terminator 2 that whole part of the the huge theme of that film is the is the whole theme of you know sacrifice you know people sacrificing themselves for the greater good especially with dyson especially with like the terminator at the end you know and um yeah i think uh, yeah for, for as much of a like prima donna as cameron has been in the past i do think that when he writes a script, he is writing it with the purpose of uh, making the audience go out feeling good and not feeling terrible. You know? Yeah, he tries to put a happy ending, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He, he always tries that. Uh, well, although the Terminator 2 is so-and-so, I would, I would rather have the Terminator live. <laughs> That's just my opinion. But mm-hmm. as a rule, you know, Titanic ends beautifully with that beautiful scene where... Rose character goes there to that ship. Rose goes, I believe, because she passes away, I think, and she goes to the what do you call it, inside the ship, and Leonardo DiCaprio is waiting for her, Jack, and they embrace in front of all those people. That is a beautiful scene, very touching. Yeah, it is, yeah. and it, you know, it's kind of an emotional statement. And it's sort mm. of the thing of like, you know, she remembers that time fondly mm. rather than like tragically, you know. And yeah. yeah, yeah, that and, and and that film got me really a lot during. Oh the end i can't remember what specific moment it was but that film did get me to cry um around the ending mm. and um i think that that film also like it be- it benefits as well because it sort of says it is giving this story of like you know ultimately resilience like the whole like the the awkwards of that film are never let go because mm. you know it's like 
Jack finds Rose when she's about to kill herself and he's able to encourage her not to jump. And, you know, that ends up becoming a theme of like, you know, determination of like, we're going to be there for each other. And even at the end of it, you know, Jack basically dies so that Rose can live and she ends up having a happy life partially, you know, because of him. And, you know, ultimately like, yeah, Rose could have just gotten on the boat and she could have never met Jack and she Mm. would have probably lived the rest of her life unburdened by the grief of losing Jack but also Mm. she would have probably not had a very happy life and as a result of Jack and everything that he did and that Mm. romance she ended up having a happy life um I mean so 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 you're of the opinion that she uh passes away at the end and that's a dying fantasy that's that's what I understand maybe I'm wrong let's see I think that because before before that scene we see her in her sleep and so maybe that's when she she passes away in her sleep and she goes to heaven at where it's at. That's what I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I I can't remember what Cameron said. I think he might have he might have said that it was left up to interpretation and that he didn't really want to say one way or the other. Um, I mean, I I, I mean, I I personally I th- I think it works well as a like you know like her, her basically going to heaven or something or even like just a dying fantasy. But I do kind of it, at the same time I do kind of prefer the idea that um she's just dreaming about it you know because in some ways that's a bit more affirming you know the idea that like after telling the story she goes to sleep and she dreams and she ends up being reaffirmed and you know kind of having this like happy reminder that like yeah they might have died but they still live on in in her mind you know and um yeah i think uh, yeah 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 i think no i think the titanic works really well on an emotional level if you just let that film get to you then it can really get to you you know and um uh you know it's unfortunate that like a lot of people did partially dismiss it because of that you know romantic emotional element and yeah i mean there are certainly things about titanic that are kind of cheesy like you know i have to admit that like billy zane as the uh, husband was um like he he didn't really feel like a real person he felt like a villain he definitely absolutely felt like a movie villain and there are certainly scenes with him that do go really really over the top and really just kind of they 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 do border on cartoonish i will admit but at the same time though although there are certain select scenes with him that do that overall i don't think that those few moments hurt the film that much no no they don't i mean I think he does an okay job. Um, Billy Zane has a obnoxious husband who only cares about money, really. But yeah, he's a. I think he's an okay character. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's definitely like, yeah. It's, it's I, you know, my, my mind just keeps going back to the scene where he just gets the gun and starts trying to shoot them, which you know I do think was the bit that maybe what that maybe went too far into like just like, you know, okay. I mean, yeah, he was plotting beforehand, and yeah, he was a jerk, but now he's just trying to straight up murder the both of them you know it's kind of like jesus man the ship is sinking you know priorities you know think about getting out alive you know but at the same time though um yeah but at the same time i think that that film still works really well despite that um and i think that if you look at some of his other films as well like they do have this sort of like good versus evil story but they typically try and go for a bit more nuance you know yeah, like a, they 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 typically do go for this sort of like both good versus evil, but also trying to add this sense of nuance as well. Like especially in like Avatar, that is kind of a good versus that that like in Avatar that is kind of a good versus evil story, and yet characters like you know Stephen Lang's Commander Quadrich is still a very like charismatic kind of likable figure on the surface, but you know we kind of see then later on in the film that he's pretty damn merciless he's, he's got this merciless sense of like just i'm gonna kill whoever i want to kill and whoever i need to kill as well and you know this sense of determination of i'm gonna i've got to survive no matter what you know and i've got to kill these people and we'll kill these aliens and you know um i think that cameron is very good at kind of giving his characters dimension in that sense yeah i guess he's it's pretty much a personification of evil isn't he he just just wants to destroy everything, but mm-hmm. uh, he has a, and he has a scar too, of course. So he must be the bad mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, but at the same time, though, I mean, it's just yeah. I, 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 I don't think that like Cameron, um, always. It, well, I don't think he ever grounds any of his films really in reality or anything. But I don't think that he makes them outright cartoons. I think that he kind of, kind of 
has a bit but is capable of balancing you know both a very over the top the very over the top nature of his films but also giving them this sort of real quality that you can really get invested in and yeah uh, i like overall to kind of sum it up um yeah I, i i think all of his movies are really solid um i think that all of them are good i would recommend all of them um I think that some are better than others, but um, I do think that for the most part, his films, even if they weren't necessarily like iconic ones that did change history, the history of film, I think that they're all really like worthwhile as watching experiences. Absolutely. If you fancy action films, then I definitely recommend checking out James Cameron, you know, Terminator films, uh, True Lies, you won't forget Avatar. You you love those films, and if you like action films, yeah, if you love romance, yeah. you know, definitely go for Titanic. That will be up more up your alley. Um, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you like horror, Aliens. Uh, if you like, well, the Terminator as well. That's kind of horror in mm. the the clothing of action sci-fi. Um, and I think yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I do think that there probably is something for everybody, but you know, I'm not sure. Uh, but then again, you know, like. Where did that one billion and two billion dollars that Titanic and Avatar earned come from? You know, if not from him being able to appeal to a variety of audiences, you know, yeah, 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 good, yeah, it's a good point. Mm-hmm. I think it's because that's what that's what Cameron does. You know, he he uses a lot of money and he he knows how to use it. I think he knows how to create the right the right show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Okay, all right, so uh, that is it, and uh, we will be seeing you uh, next time, next week. Goodbye. Thank you very much. Goodbye.